So Rumpelstiltskin is Henry's grandfather. Apparently. But I'm his grandfather. You can have more than one. So his step-grandmother is Regina, the evil queen? Actually, his step-great-grandmother. And she's also his adoptive mother. (sighs) It's a good thing we don't have Thanksgiving in our land, because that dinner would suck. Welcome to Storybrooke! Miserably ever after. Welcome to Storybrooke! (laughs) Miserably ever after. I'm so far away from recording an episode that I've gotten the name of the show wrong. Mads! <laughs> and I unironically listen to the Bluey soundtrack in the car when my child isn't there. Elaine! <laughs> what is Bluey? I'm not, a, I'm not a parent. Bluey is one of the best children's slash shows to, for parents to watch with their child uh, cartoons from Australia ever made. <clears throat> oh. It is amazing. Uh, whenever the new season came out, we put Wes to bed and watched the new season without him. Uh, oh no, that's that's bad. You no, can't, he's you can't one. just watch without him. He's one, and the show. Well, so honestly, the show is written for the parents. It's just got stuff so that the kids will want to watch it too. It's such a good show. I get that. Um, that's why I'm actually I've watched ahead of Riverdale. Um, oh, nice. Uh, so Shane is Shane is not watching it, but I've been watching it. Uh, which honestly, f- it's it's um, good on Shane for that. Because <laughs> I was like, I need a show to put on in the background, and it was going to be Riverdale or Supernatural. Because I need something with like, you know, no plot that makes no sense and it's just like pretty lights in the background. Oh yeah, that was like I was like, well, not the first couple seasons of Supernatural then, but you go past a little bit and you're good to go. Yeah, um, so it's it's been uh, it's it's great. It's great as noise. Um, don't watch it at all. Uh, this <laughs> is my hearty endorsement against uh, not watching Riverdale that I am watching. So we have had a rough couple of months. I I think I think uh, our, our audience knows who we are as I'm, people at this point. <laughs> I just want to say you can hear in my voice: daycare germs have been kicking my butt. Yeah, I got swabbed. I got two swabs the other day. Uh, I got swabbed for flu and strep because I already had COVID recently. So they weren't super worried about that. Both of them came back negative. I just had standard sinusitis and laryngitis and I got a cortisone shot. This was after being sick for five days which is a record for me because normally I'll be sick for like two days and then the third day, you know, I sound like this, but I was down and out for a full five days before I finally went and got a cortisone shot and took a big long nap and now I'm better and this is what I sound like. Hey, I, uh, and Matt said, do you want to record another day? And I said, no. So we're doing this. What's great is we just rewatched this episode together because we watched it, took notes with the intent of recording, and then so much time passed that we both needed to rewatch the episode. We we watched this episode right after we recorded the last episode in early October. The last episode, which as of this recording is still not out because there is a sensory problem in it in which my desk keeps making a terrible noise that Mads cannot edit past. (laughs) It drives me nuts. I I feel so bad. It's also like uh, really easy for me to just uh, ADD mode off into some other place, you know? 
So I, I just want everyone to know that I have taken my, um, my office tape and I have taped my keyboard sliding table thing shut. So hopefully we won't have any crazy noises and uh, this episode will go up sometime in November, which is the month we are recording in. <laughs> sometime in November. I love that. Uh, so we... You you didn't we I didn't give you time to write a synopsis on this one. We did uh, not. So we're gonna, gonna read the. Yeah. I'm going to read. We do not have the basic plot written. Normally, I spend like 30 minutes and I painstakingly summarize and and write out each basic plot. We don't have that. So here is the once upon a time wiki synopsis for the episode Manhattan. While Mr. Gold, Emma, and Henry go in search of Gold Sun Bay in New York. Cora, Regina, and Hook attempt to track down one of Rumpelstiltskin's most treasured possessions. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, Rumpelstiltskin realizes his destiny while fighting in the Ogre's War. Which tells you nothing, really. It, it really... Well, okay. Uh, he realizes his destiny, which his destiny is, uh, in his mind, to die. But it's to... You know, your actions on the battlefield will leave your child fatherless. Okay, that's that's um that's vague enough. I don't know. I love I love a good fairy tale prophecy. The, yeah, the idea of deserting came straight from his own mouth. No one said deserting until he did. And then someone came to him later and talked about deserting. So that all came from inside the house. Yeah, no. Uh I don't even think that guy said he didn't even say deserting either. He said the only way you're leaving Mm-hmm. is injury. dead or injured. Yeah, yeah. injury. Um, so, so, like I said, all that call came from within the house. <clears throat> yeah, so he, he didn't become, <laughs> he wasn't made a coward by the prophecy. No. Um, he was just looking for an excuse, and that happened to be the excuse. It, do we want to just, do we want to just get into it? Let's just get, let's into, get into it. Let's get into let's it. Let's just get into it. Let's, let's talk about, in. let's talk about the first scene with Mila. Um, in which Mila is so poorly written in general. Is this Mila? And because she feels like a completely different character. This is a very sweet lady who, very sweet lady who loves her husband, loves him so dearly, and can't believe is upset that he just signed up to go off to the Ogres' War. Mads just hit their funny bone on their desk. Can't believe Ogres' War. <laughs> Mads was so irate with this interpretation of Mila that they smacked their funny bone on their desk. <laughs> I hate it. I hate, I hate it. It makes no sense because she's like, oh, you don't have to do that. Um, you're, he's, he's like, no, I have to go redeem myself because my father was a coward. She said, none of that matters. You just have to be here. Um, and he's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And she's like, good, then go fight. And when you come back, we'll start a family. And he's like, yay, babies. Um, and they're very happy. And they both say, I love you. And it's very cute for half a second. <laughs> it's it's um, it's because she's not a character. She's a plot device. Mila. Um, there's there's also a part of me that just thought of this. So I haven't thought it through or discussed it. What if this isn't so much what actually happened? This is his glossy memory of how it was before he went off to the war. 
that that gives the writers some cover that they don't it's too deserve. Too nice to the writers <laughs> that they don't deserve. But I'll take it. I'll take it. It's too nice to the writers because that's how she goes from my loving wife to that shrieking harpy. Um, <laughs> because it's, because it's the the biggest hypocrisy in this is she's like. You don't have to go and prove yourself. You're, you know, your father was the coward. You don't have to go prove yourself to me. And then because when he comes back, because he maims himself because he's afraid of this seer's prophecy, we're just going to jump into it. She's like, you could have fought. You could have died. But no, now you're just your father's son. Another coward. Blur, blur, blur. Hold so, this baby. <laughs> the thing about Mila any episode she's in is that we get two scenes with her and she's a radically different character in each scene. Uh, Cause they did this during the pirate yes. episode. They did this during the episode where, you know, he murdered her, which, um, still not great. Gonna say it. My <laughs> hot take. If he killed his ex-wife, that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> that's my hot take. Why do they if keep he killed <laughs> If he killed his ex-wife, that's a red flag. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know that that's kind of a hot take. Deal breaker. <laughs> it's a deal breaker for me. Uh, uh, yeah, stop trying to redeem this guy as a romantic interest. He killed his wife. Well, luckily we're in season two, so oh obviously God. he'll get his just desserts over the course of the may next I, five may seasons. May I just say, may I just say that I have the wiki open again. I was scrolling through the the titles of this this season, and this is about and you know we could have said this at any point in this whole this whole season so far. After this episode is where this season goes wildly off the rails and just gets wacky. It gets so wacky, and I'm here like, for it. I forgot that all of these things were in the same season that we're about to come up on. Mm-hmm. Because uh. <laughs> this is the point in the show where, you know, they had a really solid concept for a first season. Yes. You know, they had a really clear idea of what they wanted to do and the story they wanted to tell. And then they got renewed for a second season, and it's like, oh, oh, what do we do? Like, magic is mm-hmm. back. But hold on, they we don't have, done, have the budget. <laughs> they could have done so much with magic being back. They could have just stayed in town. Yeah, yeah. No, we have to go shoot in scenic Toronto. I mean, New York. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be New York, right? Yeah, but the street signs don't look... <laughs> this it's, green pedestrian sign in the background yeah uh let's so let's start track we we did uh, that's me bringing us off track but let's talk let's finish talking about like um these scenes in the past and the yeah. mila stuff the mila problem the mila problem i mean because it is, okay so I'm he's sorry. been gone he's been gone at least eight months right mm-hmm. um because pregnancy didn't uh, even know she was pregnant to so, that's a whole ass baby i mean I mean, she could have gotten pregnant the, that night. She could have, they could have conceived the child or done the act that would eventually conceive the child upon his leaving. Um, so he's been gone at least nine months. At, mean, most, at most a year. They could um, have 
may love. Oh, God, I hate that phrase. Don't, no that's rights. why I didn't say it. That's why I was super clinical about it. could have fucked. Are we using an explicit tag now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mads used to tell me all the time not to curse. Let's we're not behave. using that explicit tag. And Mads has given up. We also Listen. used to... We also used it, to have this cute idea where we were going to use the dings from the, the titles as our curse noise. <laughs> then I started editing that and I was like, that's not happening. <laughs> but, um, sorry, sorry. So, so it's entirely possible that Mila doesn't realize she's pregnant in this scene or that she gets pregnant before he actually goes off to war. Right. Um, but he is gone for long enough for her to have this whole pregnancy alone, have this whole birth alone, have this whole newborn alone, and then her husband comes back maimed after the rumors have already come home that he just did it to himself and everyone is telling her this. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just... I, I gotta say the nice thing about Mila, which I didn't realize this the first time because I didn't look at look at her enough, and also because um, I never watched the L word. Hmm. Um, Me either. She was the main cast member on the L word. Oh snap! Like fifty four episodes gorgeous. credited. Yeah, she's gorgeous. <clears throat> um, but it's like going from main cast member on a critically acclaimed television show, like you know, really well known TV series to. You get to be this old dude's wife <laughs> on an ABC show. What happened? Because she, I will say, despite her, her not having a character, um, she is acting her ass off, especially oh, yeah. in the second scene. Like, you could just, like, the, the sheer contempt that she oh, has for him when he gets back, she can't even look at him. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering how much of this is... Uh, postpartum depression and anxiety. <laughs> Again, I'm giving the writers a lot there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if you've been sitting there stewing, I, I will I will admit to the weirdest hours of the night are usually three and four a.m. Uh, nothing feels right then, but you get really in your head. Uh, and if she's been sitting there stewing, taking care of this baby by herself, as those rumors of him coming in, you know, coming home limping home with a self-inflicted wound yeah. she's had time to stew yeah honestly mila did nothing wrong <laughs> we talked uh, about this she could have left a note when she left him like that probably would have been helpful yeah. you know yeah she abandoned her son and i still think that that's wrong well you know we'll probably get a uh, detailed resolution to this in season five, episode 14, Devil's Do, which is the third and final episode that she appears in. <laughs> so fingers crossed that we'll get some resolution and characterization for Mila in three I, seasons. I just I just wanna I just wanna clarify that I do not support the hashtag Mila did nothing wrong uh, because Mila abandoned her son and I do not support that. Fair. Abandoned her son for a no good pirate. I mean, he's pretty hot. <laughs> Abandoned her son, Mads. Uh, yeah, I would not leave my cats for for a pirate. There, there you go. See, yeah, think of the cats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got to say, you you pointed this out. 
Um, that at the end of the day, like we didn't talk about the prophecy at all. For, uh, oh, no, we'll get to it. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, he volunteered, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, he volunteered to go off to war um, because he wanted to do this to redeem himself in his own head, I guess, mm-hmm. really, because he didn't have to prove it to her. He yeah. wanted to prove it to the people around him and to himself that he could go off and do this thing um, and claim glory and come back a hero and not a coward's son. I, um, I, for one, am shocked to see a storyline where a man makes a terrible decision that's selfish for his own pride that backfires and hurts everyone around because him. Because he did another selfish. What, what a shocking <laughs> twist. Uh, to me, it beggars belief, honestly. I, I don't, it just seems unrealistic. Yeah. Is beggars belief like a thing that real world people say, or have I just been doing way too much fantasy role play? That. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one. <laughs> Listen, I've been, I've been reading a really good uh, Edwardian era uh gay wizard romance oh so fight me (laughs) uh so you want to talk about this prophecy i want to talk about the prophecy okay uh the prophecy i thought was like i watch a lot of fantasy television Mm -hmm. you always get prophecies you always get like some kind of prophecy and it's always like shakespearean in that way where it's um both very abstract and also weirdly literal yes you know what i mean Yes, it's like it is a it is a game of Mysterium, best game ever, um, but with words. Yes, um, like like some of it's going to be so. And the ghost and the and the the one telling you the prophecy is sassy about it. Yes, they'll ride into battle on cows, which that was a stretch. That was a stretch. That's what we call, that's what we call saddles. <laughs> That I was hate, a stretch. I hate I'm, when we're calling a rabbit a smear. Like, do you really have to invent? <laughs> Did we Google this? Didn't we Google this and we couldn't find any reference to anyone any ever reference. calling a saddle a cow? Uh, right, which it's one of those things where like when something gets a stupid fantasy name now because of the uh, acclaimed television series The Walking Dead, my husband will joke about it now. It's like, you call them walkers? We call them biters. <laughs> it's always a thing where it's just like, just call it what the what the hell it is. Zombie. Like, yeah. Goodness. A cow. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness you saved a whole syllable by calling it a cow. A, an extremely apparently regional way to describe this that your average soldier won't understand, and then it will require a full explanation. You saved so much time with that one, buddy. Riding a cow into battle. It's your saddle. <laughs> you could have said, like, ride on white horses or something. Or even just said ride into battle, which, because apparently before this, a thing we did not they know was that they were going to walk. Yeah. They could have been like, oh, well, ride into battle. Well, that's not happening because we don't have horses. There. Literally yeah. a script doctor yeah. thing, but you didn't yeah. need to do anything extra. We don't even see these horses. <laughs> we don't even see the saddles. <laughs> right. <laughs> You can do whatever you want. Like, you can see the saddles. Nothing has been said. Nothing has been shown. It's it's a make believe show. You could have said they were pixie ponies, like that have little gossamer fairy wings. Because we're not going to see that. 
That's not in the budget. It's not in the budget because all of these outdoor scenes are probably shot in the same patch of forest outside of a town in Canada where this is all being shot anyway. Yeah. Or maybe generic forest soundstage. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's so stupid. Uh, I love oh. this show. I love this partic- particularly love this episode. Yeah. But this is... Ugh. When we watched this the first time, we made some comments about the the young girl who's a seer. Her face is all stitched up and her eyes are in her hands. So the place where her eyes would be on her face is all stitched up. Now, if this were theater makeup, this mm-hmm. would be a from to be seen from a distance or even to be seen from a long shot on TV. This would be very good makeup but because they do so many close ups. It looks like someone took a Sharpie to her face and called it stitches yeah and it's it's a little disappointing because i will say i love this makeup design yeah the makeup I don't design call, was great i don't want to call her a creature but that's what it feels like it feels like a creature design because you've got this very odd stitched up face and the hands with the the cgi eyeball that looks way better than what we got in uh uh on on benjamin cumbernatch's head <laughs> in that one marvel movie I don't know. <laughs> it, it looks good. It looks it looks fine for the oh, yeah, era. The, the effect is solid. The, the fluttering eyelashes on the palms were great. It's it's cool. It's a mm-hmm. cool design. But you know. Y- you had mentioned that it looked like they had intended to like gore it up a little bit. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Because when you look at the when you look at the close ups and you look at it zoomed in, you had that heavy black stitching, and then under it, there's texture. There's, there's texture and so it seems like maybe at some point this prosthetic definitely had uh room for them to be you know making it a little gorier making it a little crunchier at and least then just s- a little shinier like it's skin healing over right and I, I, my guess is that because it's pitted it looks yeah. a little more fresh so my guess is that somebody at abc said no we're not gonna let you show a close-up of a child with a slashed up face on screen yeah uh, which is again disappointing in yeah. terms of like the final effect. I wish they could have found a better workaround than just mm-hmm. fill it in with black. Yeah, because even it, if it, it had just been like a shade of pink with the yeah. stitches, um, like more of a skin tone with the stitches on it, it would right. have looked better. But it just looked like they filled it in with sharpie on the jet on the edges where the scar um, prosthetic was, and it was disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just repeating which, what you said. It's it's again. I cannot get over how much I really like this makeup design. I really mm-hmm. like this uh, this actress. They got to be the little girl. She's appropriately yeah. spooky, and the adult version of her, which we see later in the episode, that that very brilliant red hair mm-hmm. and the kind of olive tones they put into her skin, where she's like almost yellowish. It looks really good. Yeah, like. I wish that this show leaned more into fantastical stuff like this more often. Yes. Because this is just some fresh, crazy profit. I love it. I, I yeah, love she it. Was great. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm a little excited about it, but like, I loved that. I love that concept. It it had me. I was hooked. And so mm-hmm. I was a little sad that like the makeup wasn't quite there. Yeah. But again, I think that's oftentimes this the, the show. Yeah. Like it's not quite there, but we still love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's going to be anything that is a piece of a piece of media or art. 
Um, it's, it's always going to be a little off for somebody and we're just picky and have microphones. So Mm -hmm. we're picky and have microphones. Um, you know, the other option is, uh, for us to have a YouTube channel where we pick apart children's media, um, from a right wing perspective. That seems really lucrative. You want to do that instead? No. Why would I do that? That sounds awful. Yeah. And you'd have to go blonde. Oh, why would I do that? My hair's not gray enough yet. <laughs> I I resent that you can be a brunette, a redhead, and a blonde, and it all works well for you. I have That's, a neutral skin tone. Yeah. I can wear green. I can wear yellow. God, if I didn't love you so much, I would just like cut your face like a little bit. I can't. Not just get a, green. What's it, not get just a scar. any green. Get I, <laughs> oh, I've been told that lovingly before. I can't just. It's not just any green I can wear. I can wear all the greens, including the lime green. Anywho, <laughs> oh, God, you're so pretty. Get a scar. <laughs> you're so pretty. Get a scar. One right across yeah. my face with some stitches. <laughs> oh yeah, like several of them, and then do the hand thing. I have hands. Yeah, my hair's already red, so mine as well. Give us a little Pan's Labyrinth vibe. <laughs> um, <sighs> so that's not the only prophecy we get. We also get the prophecy of he'll find his son, but it'll take a long time. The curse comes from this prophecy. Rumpelstiltskin did not think of this curse himself. The curse came from the prophecy. You need the curse. Someone else has to cast it. Someone else has to break it. You will find your son. Um, a boy will lead you to him, and that boy will be your undoing. And he's more than he seems. Yep. Is that? Did yeah. I basically get the gist of all the? Yep. That's that's it. Almost verbatim. Which this the second prophecy is a lot less abstract than the first one. Because she's going to great pains because he just threatened her. Um, yeah. And she and because she, we the audience know where where that prophecy leads. Yes. yes. Whereas we, the audience for the other prophecy, have to kind of follow along and see it unfold. Oh. <laughs> um, and I also want to point out that at one point uh, in the modern world, Henry talks to Rumpelstiltskin about how he knows that he has foresight um, from the book. And mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin talks to him about how, oh, well, you know, the thing with foresight and with seeing being a seer is that it's never really lined up the way you want. There are always pieces missing. You can't take it too literally. And yet, what does he do? He takes everything so literally. So literally. Everything. Every, he cannot help he, himself. He cannot take his own advice. He cannot listen to his own rules. Um, he does everything his own way, and he is rash and impetuous. Is that the word? Uh, yes, rash yes. and impetuous. I would also say his head is thick. Cool. Um, the Earth's crust is approximately 5 to 25 miles thick. And uh, no, I'm just making that up. Um, <laughs> I was like, are you Googling right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm Googling the thickness of the Earth. And it's a very small, low resolution um, um, diagram that I can't really read that well because uh, I don't have... Anyway, Anywho, science, 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 Rumpelstiltskin's head is thicker. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin's head is, is thicker than the Earth's crust. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, so um, yeah, whenever she's like, oh, the boy, he'll be your undoing. He's like, well, I'll just have to kill him. Surprise, it's your grandson. 
that complicates yep. matters a little bit. So now, ugh, ugh, ugh. So yeah, we're done with prophecies. Uh, we've talked oh, about there is the, the there is the um the the self fulfilling prophecy, not self fulfilling, but the uh the I promise I'll never abandon you. I'll never do to you what my father did to you. I'll never abandon you, which he then does by choosing magic over his son. And we get we get explicit confirmation that Rumpelstiltskin let his son go. Oh yeah, yeah. His son didn't slip away. You know, he explicitly says, Balefire says, I remember feeling your hand let me go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which. <laughs> and remember, we were watching that one and it, it looked like a conscious decision yep. to let it slip. And then the the instant after he regretted it, like he yep. realized what he did. Um, Balefire didn't see that part. Mm-hmm. Balefire was nowhere to be seen for that part so he doesn't know the regret and the the fight and the struggle that Rumpelstiltskin's gone through all he remembers is that moment that his father chose magic over him which is still very important you abandoned your son yep which put a pin in that because when we get to it when we get back to this part uh, once we've talked about the present I want to talk about that in depth but I want to talk we need to get to how we, we need to get to that in a way yeah. that makes sense. Where do we want to start from? Where do we want to spend the less, the least time on? Is that the uh, core, the core Regina? Yeah, we have, we plot? need to touch on the core Regina plot, which is essentially, we're going to get the dark one's dagger. The, the, the gonna, dagger dagger. The dagger dagger. The Chris dagger, she calls it. Now I played, I started playing D and D sort of late in life. I started playing D and D when I was 16 or 17 years old, you know, pretty late for a nerd. Um, but one of my very first weapons was a Chris. I know what a Chris is. It's a dagger. It's a kind of dagger. It's a kind of dagger. It's a little, you know, it's like Rebel Stiltskin's dagger. Again, calling it a Chris dagger, it's it's like... It's a dagger dagger. It's Moon Moon, the dagger. Well, the way she calls it the Chris dagger, where it's yes. like, instead of saying, I'm like, did y'all not want to call it the Dark One's dagger yet? Yeah, what or, happened to that? Like, we had a name for it. Like it I know. The, it's super important to the plot you know it's we never call it that again no we never call it that again called the chris again it's 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 so freaking it's just cora it's cora being pretentious it's cora being being pretentious maybe it's uh maybe it's uh the actress being like i'm not calling it the dark one dagger look i'll come in and i'll be i'll be your witch for a couple episodes but you can't make me say dark one dagger on television that's so stupid her hair come looks, up with a name her hair looks amazing but i miss her um her queen clothes i do miss her queen clothes i miss her i miss her noble clothes um but her hair looks amazing now she's obviously just wearing regina's stuff um when your mom shows up and steals your outfits. <laughs> Which my mom moves here <laughs> next week. What? Yeah, my mom. Oh, yeah. My what? mom is. Yeah, my mom's moving here. What? Yeah. She kind of sprung that on us. Uh, she closed on a house. She's moving to a new. What? I, I know. Awesome. I love your mom. <laughs> yeah, she wants to be closer to she wants to be closer to family and you know, mm-hmm. we're 
not well, more you, liberal, but at least she doesn't have to deal with Greg Abbott. Yeah, you've got a godson now, so she's got a she's got a, a grand godson. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, I'll let yeah. her. I'll let her be a, a, a another grandparent to, to Wes if she wants. Oh my god, she's, <laughs> she's gonna. She's got her own grandbabies now too. That she's yeah. She's excited. Anywho, speaking of moms stealing your clothes. Yeah. Mine mine actually has stolen my glasses before. Um, I bought a pair of glasses from the unisex section at, at iMasters. Yes. Go to visit my mom, and she has picked out the exact same <laughs> unisex pair of glasses. And I'm like, does my mom have, like, hip tastes? Or do I have the taste of a woman in her 50s? And the answer to these questions, uh, we'll get back after the break. Do you, um, do you have the taste of a band teacher's? <laughs> I do wear a lot of denim jackets. Yeah, me too, though. <laughs> oh, God. We got to talk about this episode. Dang it. Yes. Uh, so you're, oh, it's just we were talking about the Cora Regina thing, which is almost Regina forgettable. Um, Regina makes the faux pas of forgetting to close the goddamn door when she does a magic in the hospital. <sighs> we, we talked about this during the rewatch of the episode. She could have used the magic just to put uh, not bell out. And then she could have just rummaged in her purse like a normal person. But can Regina do that? No, she's a magic addict. So she has to use magic in order to rummage through this woman's purse and make everything float in the air until she finds a piece of paper written on it, which there was not a lot in that purse. It's not like yeah. rummaging would have been hard. Like, what happened to not using magic? <laughs> oh, Cora's home. And Henry's not in town. So, <laughs> immediately. She immediately. Like like I said, you know, we see all these episodes where it's like, oh, but she's trying not to use magic. No, she's not. She's not. She's it's, not remotely trying not to use uh, magic. She's just not trying. She's trying not to get caught. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which is a stage of addiction. Um, <sighs> and if the show would treat it like that more consistently, <laughs> it would be interesting. But yeah. they don't. Yeah. And Cora's here. And Cora's her biggest um, enabler. Cora's more than an enabler. Cora is... Her cult leader. Yeah. Regina would absolutely be one of those people who drank the Kool-Aid. Um, oh sorry, I'm sorry to the families of those people who drank the Kool-Aid, but Regina would be the first one in line. She'd be ladling cups for people. Elaine, it was Flavor-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid, Elaine. Okay. <laughs> the thing... I don't know why it's such a key detail, but to me, the fact that they cheaped out and got the off brand of Kool-Aid just bothers me so well, they much. They had to buy it in bulk, so. But yeah, it's so very. That's the most. That's the most church group part of it. Is <laughs> <laughs> going for the generics. I mean, nothing against generics. Like I grew up on, you know. Oh no, Flavor Aid is what we had growing up too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I love my signature selects. Everything. Well, well, anyway, what I'm saying is Regina would be the one happily mixing it up and handing it out and being and holding hers, being the first one ready to go with how susceptible she is to this type of manipulation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which is, you know, 
a thing. A lot of people who feel they don't have uh, power in their lives or, or, or love or, or in approval from their parents are very susceptible to joining the cult. Um, I joined one in college. I met Elaine. It was okay. Uh, yeah, that was an improv troupe. That was a different kind of a cult. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I got a book on and creating look, a... Here we are. <laughs> I got a book on creating a Wiccan coven that I heard about on a, a Bad Books podcast. <laughs> and I went through their section of cult, cult, you know, warning signs. And uh, that improv troupe was a cult. <laughs> I know. It was called now, Cult of the Stage Monkey. Of course it was. Elaine once asked me, and I know what she meant by this now, and it was a useful acting lesson. Oh, God. I don't even know what you're about to say. 19 years old, and for someone to tell you, I need you to be interesting, but don't be interesting. Oh, no. That wasn't me. That was David. (laughs) I thought David was the one that added the fun twist of, let's throw tennis balls if it looks like you're trying. Be interesting, don't be interesting is, is that Stanislav? No, 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 no. Stanislavski? The don't do anything, don't not do anything. Don't do that anything, but don't not I, do anything. No, I had I had that yelled at me for years. Um, theater is a cult. Theater, it's all not theater just improv. Theater is a cult. Uh, all theater, all performing arts. Uh, Spolen. Is it Spolen? Uh, it might be a Spolen thing. I think it's a Spolen thing. I was like Stanislavski. No, it's Spolen. Um, I didn't read those. <laughs> I had too many tennis balls thrown at me. I didn't read those. There's a trauma there. It wasn't It wasn't from the Johnstone book because that's the one I like. I didn't finish that one either. Um, I got stuck <laughs> on masks. Um, that's my favorite section because it's just where they get weird with it. No, the, the thing that I yelled at you um, was offstage. It was like, what's my name? You're dead. <laughs> and that wasn't a note for you. That was a note for the person who named you. But you, you unfortunately caught the brunt of that anger. To be fair, I was pretty badly concussed around that whole time period. <laughs> so the show, we've done it again. We found the plot line that we find the most boring and we have gone off the rails with it. I love it. I love it. <sighs> okay. So, so they're going to find the dagger. They find the dagger. Um, old bell <clears throat> in her purse had written a Dewey decimal number uh, for where she had hidden the thing that was most precious to Rumpelstiltskin because he told her to hide it because she's the only one that he trusted in the world with it, right? We did all that? That's Right, we that's did that. That's the season? I don't remember. Yeah, that, um, that's the season. That's this episode we have watched. <laughs> we have also established in this we have also established in this plot line that the only people who are in danger of crossing the town line are people who were given memories by the curse. Mm-hmm. So Cora and Hook are fine if they cross the town right. line because they were right. not given memories, uh, which tells us that the character who is in the hospital bed now was the character who was locked up in the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, memory wise. Uh, which the basement, she was locked up in the basement, hospital whatever, basement, basement tower. Yeah. It was a tower in one ratchet. world and a basement in the other. Um, uh, which again, does not, whatsoever line up to the character we're going to see in a couple of episodes yeah no this is just this is just we haven't really written what um curse bell was like mm-hmm. so well, we're she was just drugged out of her, her mind 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Which gonna is, have her be kind of generic. No change. Um, oh. Are we the baddies? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's what we've established. So Hook is all ready to cross the town line and walk to New York because uh, he can't fly. Let's 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 make a note of that. How does Hook think he's going to get to New York? Not that it's going to come up next episode or anything like that, but. <laughs> He would have to walk or drive or hitchhike, and it would take. We we established that this was a multi-hour drive, which is why, like a seven-hour drive, yeah, which was why flying flight, was, yeah, which was why flying in forty-two minutes was absolutely a deal. Um, Hook wouldn't know how to navigate an airport. <laughs> no, like how? So that's it's ridiculous. It's not like we're going to see him just stroll up in New York and try to commit a murder or anything next that episode. Would, right? That would be utterly. That would be ridiculous insane <laughs> no spoilers that's not gonna happen um yeah so that's what hook wants to do cora talks him down let's find this dagger then we can actually kill him no matter where we are we can kill him anywhere if we get the dagger dagger um and more importantly we can control him ah yes yes because the magic of the dark one dagger lets you control the dark one yes we've seen uh, that yes so uh, they can make him kill everybody and and then it some... won't be regina's it won't be regina's fault that everybody's dead and henry will only have her love in the world and that makes total sense to regina because there's yeah. no way that her son would ever conceive to hold any of that against her if the dagger did it yeah well i'm guessing their their plan is to lie to him which oh, more of that uh, yes more of that and and surely surely there's no way that he would ever figure that out because he's definitely not plucky uh conditioned by years of trauma and gaslighting it's such a messed up thing to do to your child i mean well it's cora's plan and that's what cora is the queen of doing messed yeah. up things to her child yeah yeah and calling yeah. it love yeah she's not a good mother and have we ever answered my question? Is she an effective villain? I'm not sure because her goals aren't very clear. No. You're hitting the mic a bit. I know. I, I, I noticed when I did it. You're, uh, yeah, they're not clear. Like if like gun to my head, if you had to ask me like, what's her motivation? I could go with her stated motivation, which is, make sure Regina has everything. But before that, she was going to kill her back. Right. And what? And we're, we're also going to get a Cora episode, um, which will not make that in any way clear. It's, her motivation is supposed to be like pride and power. Pride and power. Oh, and her daughter's love because she's proud of her daughter. So that counts into the pride. Um, is she supposed to be a seven deadly sins lesson with just a few of them? I don't like know. pride and vanity because she's also not that prideful or vain. Like, isn't she? I, it's more like she exists as a plot device, a plot device. <laughs> <clears throat> she's just there to do bad things so that Regina doesn't get blamed for it. She's there to make Regina. Yeah, she's there to give us the villain stuff we we need from Regina. And that that um that neuters everything that Regina has worked for. 
to and, be and, both the evil queen and to also try to redeem herself. Um, it, and it's it, irritating. Yeah. It completely guts all of the character development we've seen from Regina over the course of this season and removes any agency she could or would have. Yeah. It's, this is, I remember watching this live and being so frustrated with this because it's like, look how hard she's trying for Henry. Oh, look how hard she's trying for Henry. And she immediately gives up trying for Henry. Yeah. I think luckily once this resolves, this plot resolves, they never use a family member uh, to rob Regina of any choice or agency in her own storyline again. I'm sorry. That was my head hitting the microphone that time. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I just keep hitting the microphone. Um, we, we really do love this show and this episode in particular. <laughs> just, this plot line, this series of plot lines just gets to us. This episode is great. Are we done with this? They find it. We're they done. find a map. They find a they map. They find a map. They find a map. Um, ta-da. Um, something something children scribbles, oh, and, but to um, me it's a map. And Greg, Greg at the hospital gets a video of Regina doing a magic and sends it to her. Um, <laughs> and says he's going to stay in town a little bit longer. He records he's getting it. discharged. He records it on the most 2009-ass phone I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's the whole side plot there. Done. Which that video can't be credible. I, I had one of those phones. And those oh, pictures... Grainy as fuck. <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> like, the selfies like, were like like an inch by an inch if you tried to take a picture of yourself the biggest you could get it was like inch by inch it's dumb oh god oh you kids yeah. in your i post iphone era don't understand the how struggle. crappy cell phone cameras were when the they were struggle. a new thing and then you couldn't even get the pictures off of them you couldn't even get the pictures off of them because you, you needed a separate proprietary app to send them anywhere that yeah. you had to pay for. And you needed a whole different plug to hook up to your computer if you did want to download them. You had also, to download every, them. Every phone had a different plug. All of them had different plugs and they had so many teeth. All of them had different plugs. I, I know this because I just found the box. Yes! Like three days ago, I was looking for the charger for my, my keyboard, my music keyboard uh, for a second one because my cat chewed through the first one. And he, so I open up the box of cables and find all of me and my husband's like old cell phone charger cables dating back to, you know, like 2005. Yes. And it's like, Jesus. Okay. You ready to talk about the storyline we actually like? I love them in Toronto, Nork, Toronto, York, New Toronto, York city, New Toronto, York city. <laughs> it's obviously not New York. <laughs> it's clearly not New York. Yes. But you know what? I am from, I'm from a very small town in Louisiana. You know, it looks like a big city to me. It, uh, that's exactly what they count on. Even like, our big cities don't look that big. So no. Yeah. No. Like, Going to Houston, still not as big as that city looked, so good to go. Yeah. Um, it was a big city. Uh, like I said, just because I'm a traffic nerd, some of the p sidewalk signs for pedestrian traffic versus what's on the street uh, did not look American. 
just roughly slap in a um a couple extra skyscrapers into your background. Oh yeah, good uh, to go. Maybe maybe something that looks roughly like the Empire State city. Building in your set. Yeah. <laughs> um, either way, uh, what's the actor's name? What's this actor's name? Oh, Neil. What's yeah? What's his actor's name? Because uh, I'm sad I don't know his name because I like him so much. Oh, it's um, 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 um Michael Raymond James. Uh, he acts. You, in, in theater, we hear a lot is like you act through the whole scene, even when it's not your part to speak, you act mm-hmm. the whole time. This man does that the whole time. He has these little bitty like micro reactions that just play across his face. And the, the director and the camera guy knew that about him. And so they make sure in the edits that you see his whole like face changing as he slowly reacts to everything in beautiful, tiny little twitchy ways. Um, and I can't say enough good things about this guy playing Neil. Now, I also want to yeah. say that I saw this show before I started watching True Blood. So when I started watching True Blood with Mads and this actor pops up on on screen, I'm like, oh, I love this guy. And Mads is like, great. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, wow, he's got, I was like, his accent's the thickest on the show, but it's also the most believable. And Mads is like, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Which, that is that is wild. Like, if you've ever watched True Blood, those are some definitely not Louisiana accents. Except for his character mm-hmm. has a pretty okay swamp TV Cajun. version yeah. of a Cajun accent. Like the swamp version. Uh, not like a not like a flat flat rice patty, yeah. uh, Cajun like my area, but like I've, a swamp Cajun. <laughs> I've never heard a real Cajun accent on television, but if anyone were to do it, it would be Kathy Bates. Because Kathy Bates loves to pick extremely specific regional dialects to use for characters. The Water Boy. Wait, was she in the Water Boy? Wasn't she in the Water Boy? Wasn't she Mama? I don't know. I'm pretty sure she's in the Water Boy. <laughs> when was the Water Boy? I've never. You may I... have to redact yourself. I may have to redact myself. <laughs> she's in the Water Boy. Holy shit! I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to she's go mama. watch that. I've never seen it. Now you have to leave it in. Now you I don't, have to. Yeah, I, I have to watch this now. I, oh. I, I'm not a big Adam Sandler movie fan, but I'm looking at this cast. I will cast. watch Waterboy with you just because I need to experience you experiencing this movie. Oh. Kathy Bates is in it and Faruja Bulk is in it. So how the hell haven't I watched this movie? <laughs> it's because I don't, I don't like don't Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. don't like Adam Sandler. I watch the ones with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, I... It's um I like their cute chemistry together. I haven't seen the most recent ones. It's that they're mean. That's fair. I don't know how else to phrase it. No, that's I don't see on the movies. The comedy always feels like kind of mean spirited. Yeah. And I just No, that's that's a valid that is a valid <laughs> critique of that. Absolutely. It's, like, it's just not Absolutely. For me. Rob Schneider's in them and he's terrible. Rob Schneider is the He's hot the worst. Chick. Um Oh, God. So, this is, this, this is so we like of- this show. So, this actor is great. And this this is one of my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite romantic 
uh, interest in this show. Yes. Just for the record. I mean, aside from Snow White and Charming, they're married. They don't count anymore. They're yeah. fine. They're happily ever after. We know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're um, good. Neil is the best boyfriend choice. Even though he's the ex now, and he did like leave her to get arrested and stuff like that. We know that that's Pinocchio's fault. Um, <laughs> it's like such a good line. Hold on. Yeah. Um, you left me and let me go to prison because Pinocchio told you to is such a good line to yell in a bar. Yes, which that's we find out that that's why he left her. We knew that he he left her yeah. because Pinocchio <laughs> showed up with the box. <laughs> yes, showed up with the box. We finally get to see what's in the box. And it's just this, it's this typewriter and it says, I know your bail fire, which is like the most underwhelming thing to see in a box. But I guess for him, for him, it's a shock, right? Because, again, there is no chance in hell when they filmed the first version of that scene, they had any idea what was going to actually be in that box. If you like, I, I will, if you look at me in the eye and tell me they knew that it was going to be a typewriter with the words, I know your bail it's fire his typewriter box though. So they knew it was going to be the typewriter. It was his typewriter box. But he left it so vague. Where he's like, when you see what's in here. You're going to listen to everything I say. Jeez, August. Um, I also, I appreciated that when she, she's freaking out because she now thinks that he's in on it. This was all part of Gold's plan. And he's been, he tricked her into all this and is the reason this happened. He's like, oh no, God, no. My father would not have wanted us to meet because that could have stopped you from breaking the curse. Then he's like, it's probably fate or destiny or one of those things. I love how Emma's like, oh, you believe in that? He's like, bitch, where you been? He's like, yeah, you're, you're (laughs) apparently a curse breaker. (laughs) Do I believe in fate or destiny? Come on. Yeah. That's the dumbest question Emma has asked in a couple of episodes. I, I liked how justifiable her and how great her reaction Never. is. He, their acting is so good together, too. Their chemistry is so good. He He's great. She's great. Um, and I've looked him up on IMDb, and he doesn't have as many credits as I feel like he should because right. he's fantastic. He's so good. Like I said, all of his little bitty micro-acting reactions Ugh. I was just so happy watching him I'm so glad he had so many close-ups I'd love to see him in a stage play and here's the thing he's not an unattractive man but he's not like as conventionally he's, handsome as most lead actors he's not he's not he's a little scruffier he's not TV yeah he's not TV hot when when they showed him in Tallahassee I was like this man is too old for her I've watched a lot of uh, I've watched a lot of CW shows over the years, and I think that CW actors are grown on a fucking farm for hot people or something. <laughs> he just doesn't. He looks like a regular dude. Yeah, he's um, like a good-looking regular dude. I want to see him in a Stephen King story. Oh, I want to see him do horror because he's got such good presence. Yeah, and I mean, the shows of, so he could do it, and he he can do he can handle weirdness yeah you know what i mean i want to see him because he's relatable and i think it would be like your audience goes in i would cast him as james sunderland for um silent hill 2 if i were making okay. a silent hill 2 movie i would yeah. cast him as james he he has the vibe 
like yeah like older protagonists like you know yeah yeah so he sorry fan casting a video game movie so good he says to Emma something is like, well, if fate brought us together, then maybe there was something good that came out of us meeting. And she immediately lies through omission. She's like, nope, nothing. Because she doesn't want him back in her life, which I get uh, yeah. from from where she was sitting. This man abandoned her and sent her to jail where she had. Yes. Uh, she already had a terrible life and this did not make it better. And you just found out. His father is Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, how's that for an in-law? That's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. It's not fair of her to do this. And I'm not talking about to him because it's unfair, but I understand why. She's traumatized. It's not fair for her to do this to Henry. Yes. I'm very glad that this decision doesn't last through the length of this episode right and well even snow's like you know henry deserves to know he deserves to know um and i'm i don't know i i mean i've never been in that situation so i don't know how i would react um i do know i have had some some very strange hang-ups about exes so i can see where her trauma comes from uh but don't we all haven't we all had strange hang-ups about exes i mean Come on. I don't know. They're all dead to me. <clears throat> yeah. I'm friends with a Which, lot of mine, but not all of them. I used to be able to say all of them, but. <laughs> that's so funny because I'm like, my advice to friends is like, if they have a, a crappy relationship with every one of their exes, that's a red flag. But. Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm saying this from my glass house. <laughs> but then I met, I met my husband when I was young. <laughs> I dated two dirt bags who were. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah you don't need like, to be friends with them. No. It's just like, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, no, I get I get why she does this. But I get why she does It's messed up, but I get why she does this. Yeah. Uh, I see why she reacted the way that she did. Um, it doesn't feel like overreacting. She is horrified to find out that this is the person she's been tracking down for gold. Um, never thought she'd see him again. Especially not having him connected to this weird historical background she's now got. Right. Um, so I understand why she thought he was part of it. And um, her initial reaction to finding that out was, you set me up this whole time. Mm-hmm. Which I can see why she would believe that. Yes. So good. The acting, the acting here, like the panic scenes, the vulnerable scenes the the negotiation scenes are all so well acted for these these two have great chemistry um they play very well off of each other the script is good this is why we watched the show including including the you left me and let me go to prison because pinocchio told you to line the script is so good (laughs) it's so good because it's funny i love when the show can acknowledge the weirdness that is this show next time we get to be in a bar when i go to say bye to you i want to say bye to you by yelling that at you and leaving the bar yes Not that we'll be in a bar together anytime soon, but I want I want to be overly dramatic. I'll say goodbye to you. I'll yell that and leave. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> so they go, Rumpel's, you know, she goes back and she tells Rumpelstiltskin, well, he got away. 
You mm-hmm. know, I tried. He got away. So Rumpelstiltskin does what any, you know, father looking for a son would do. He breaks into his apartment. Because <laughs> um, he has to come back sometime, right? And she's like, no, I know guys like this. He's ghosting. He's not going to come back here. Blah, blah, blah. I Obviously like his, uncomfortable. I like his TV-friendly lockpicking. But I think it's because this guy must have been a stage actor. Oh, yeah. Before TV. Oh, because oh he, God, yeah. He's so good at just doing business in a scene mm-hmm. without it looking like he's doing business. It's like he and um, uh, Jennifer Goodwin. Yes. Are the two that are so good about always having business to do without it looking like they're doing business. I just I just had a, a generalization. I was like, does he have like a, a European accent, like a, a British Isles European accent? Of course he did stage acting. That's my thing, though. <laughs> I've never seen him in anything. <laughs> I've never seen him in any other like British TV show. Well, as I said, stage acting. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they all share the stage together. Oh, yeah. um, all 12 of them. <laughs> so uh, there, there's, you know, gold, she, gold threatens her life because he can tell that she's lying about him. And she's very uncomfortable. She tells Henry to go wait in the bathroom. She yells, snaps at Henry um, about she's, it. She's trying not to. And she does. She yells at him and snaps at him to go wait in the bathroom. And then Gold threatens her life. She's like, you don't have magic here. Completely forgetting that he nearly beat a man to death with his cane without magic. Like, I don't think she's forgetting that. I think she's aware that she's packing heat. She's challenging, yeah. <laughs> and she's got a gun. <clears throat> yeah. But guns don't work for good guys. True. Guns never work for goodies. They never work for goodies. They only work on Bell. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I just saw a note that I made um, way, 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 way back. Uh, the Dewey Decimal number, 915.63.63 is for geography and travel. I mean, that's perfect. They did their so research on that. That's pretty that great. It w- was an appropriate place to find a map. Yeah. I feel back to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um. So they're having this yelling argument in this tiny little apartment. And, you know, I don't know much about apartments in New York other than that they are small. And this is a fairly spacious one because they have to fit a camera crew in it. Um, But I do know that Henry can hear everything they're saying from the bathroom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's getting agitated. Like when he does come back out, she tells him to go back in the other room. He's agitated. Um, And so Neil busts in right as you know gold is threatening harm on emma and it is let loose that they know each other just because they use each other's first names and everyone everyone does the math everyone does henry runs out of the room going what's everyone yelling about and he's and neil freaks out he's like how old are you how old are you this is your son how old are you and he like henry's reaction to just 11 why are we all yelling yes so good such an 11 year old response this kid um, is precious. This kid makes me want to adopt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he finds out it's his dad. He does not take it well. Um, he runs out on the um, fire escape. Emma opens up and is very vulnerable with him about how it was selfish. She did it to protect herself. You know, she was thought she was protecting him, but she was protecting herself. And yes, she lied. And Henry responds like a traumatized child um, who punishes her for her vulnerability um, by comparing her to his adoptive mother, who always lies to him. <clears throat> yeah. 
which I get is an honest reaction for an 11 year old who grew up in a household where that is the inner voice. But at the same time, it feels hurtful to be punished for when you finally admitted to a problem that you had. I don't know. It's a, it's a believable character choice that they've made for this child. Yes. It's a poor narrative choice for the character of Emma's development. Yes. Especially because when the season, when the show started, this is not an admission she could have made. And so this admission from her is major character development. Like, what was, I mean, she lied and said, oh, he died as a firefighter. He died a hero. She was going to say, well, honey, you see, um, mom had uh, an extramarital relationship because neither of us are married. So it's not really extramarital because it's not outside of a marriage. There was no marriage to begin with. Um Mama got her her freak on with a guy she wasn't married to and he abandoned her and she went to jail and had you and never saw him again. Like, that's not a good story to tell a 10 year old. Yeah. Your, your father got me pregnant and then abandoned me with a bunch of stolen goods, left me on the hook. Which is why I I was in jail. That's why I was in jail when I had you. Like, yeah, it's the truth. But is that what you want to tell a 10 year old? That sounds more like a conversation for like a 13 year old, maybe. Like, I'll tell you when I'm when you're older is, you know, that's an I'll tell you when I when you're older conversation. 100 percent. So I understand why she made up the fireman thing. She never thought she'd see him again. Um, how do we feel about her saying, I was wearing this uh, keychain you gave me as a reminder never to trust anyone again? My thought process was, has she been wearing that the whole time? Should I go back yeah, and like watch wearing... every episode? Okay, Like it's at least been hanging in her car. Yeah, I remember seeing it hanging in her car. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's a good dramatic yeah. TV line. Yeah. So, you know, Neil acts, does a lot of good acting in this scene. Um, at one point, she, he said, she says something and he's like, well, you don't get to make the decisions because he's my son, too. And it's nice to have that thrown back in Emma's face um, yeah. because Emma's been yelling that at Regina for two seasons. Yeah. Um, That's not a decision that you get to make on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they have a very sweet moment where, you know, father and son get to know each other and it's very nice. Um, meanwhile, the father-son reunion that we originally came to New York for uh, does not go well. <laughs> no, it does not. <clears throat> uh, Gold wants to fix it by bringing him back to Storybrooke and turning him back into a 14 year old and erasing all the memories he's had since then. Then uh, this is make it up this, to him. this is where I said to put a pen in it. Just like Ruppel Stiltskin making it clear that he has had zero growth. None. No growth whatsoever. A century ish? More, more, more than a century. Yeah. He's zero been a dark one for a long time. Yeah. Just. <sighs> Still, every problem, I'm going to try and solve it with magic and in a way that benefits me mm-hmm. and avoids any consequences or even discomfort from me. He and Regina have the same sort of MO. How can I make yeah. this better for me? And that'll make you happy. 
right? I'll make, for this easier for, I'll make this easier for me and then fix it once I've done that. I do think by this point in the series, when, when Regina makes decisions, she does generally think she's doing the right thing for her kid. Sometimes. But she's still doing it the easy way for herself. But she's still doing it the easy way for herself. Yes. Her, uh, her motivations are more interesting and complex to me than... Um, than Rumples because I'm a, a open misandrist and I don't give a crap about men or their needs. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't click for me. I and just, it's, it's sad. It's pathetic mm-hmm. of him. Well, Neil gives him three minutes to state his case. And then he's like, that's it. We're done. We're over. And he's like, please let me make it up. And he, Neil responds with, I didn't get closure. So you don't either. No. Because he, you know, he goes to sleep every night just seeing his father giving him up for magic. Yeah. And that's all the closure he got. So you don't get any either. I choose this world over you. And eventually we will find out what happened to Neil and, uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. That's this season too. That's this season as well. Yeah. So... And the beginning of next. And the beginning of next. It lo- yeah, it ties in because they knew they were getting renewed at this point. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I, let me see if there's anything fun to talk about in the uh, the side notes here. Yeah, I think we've covered. Oh, cow saddle is a slang term for condom. Oh no. Uh, gross. Oh no. Why would you look that up? <laughs> I needed to know. Why would you um, uh, Kathy Bates tie in because <laughs> Rumpel does misery himself. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh no. Uh, me, no, you screenshotting this and being like, look how big he's gotten. Oh. Which, yeah. There's 14. Some gas- There's so I much don't- gaslighting. 14. I don't want to be 14 again. Are you insane? I love that. <laughs> love that. His all. Oh, I'm just going to say best actor of this episode. That guy. Yeah. 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 I mean, and he brings out some very good acting from uh, the lead Jennifer. Now it's time to talk about something serious. Okay. Best dressed. Oh God, I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, I. I straight up wasn't looking at costumes this episode. Regina's wearing some very classic Regina outfits. They're mm-hmm. very good. For me, I I pulled it back up, and honestly, I love Mila's olden timey outfit. Okay, yes, M- Mila's outfit, Mila's and Rumple's, uh. Once Upon a Time outfits are the only ones I noticed because I'm in Renaissance Festival brain now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was noticing the details and I liked those a lot. They ha- it has a great amount of detail. The fit is perfect mm-hmm. and it, it looks authentic. It's fantastic. Yeah. So for me, it's actually going to be Mila. I agree with that. I agree with Mila as best dressed because her outfits are the ones that I noticed the most. Yes. Um. I'm also going to send this screenshot to you, which to me perfectly dates the episode. And I'm going to post this with when, when I post the episode, but it's, um, 
it's the most 2013, 2011-ass uh, image possible. It is. They're all wearing black. They're all wearing peacoats, and they've all got scarves on. <laughs> they're all wearing this. They're all wearing the same peacoat that we all wore in in the early aughts. Mine is probably still in my my closet. I love a peacoat. God, I love, I love a, a peacoat too. But we all wore that coat. Every one and of us. Look, I still wear dresses with tights and high boots. I still do that. And yeah. if it ever got cold enough, I would wear a scarf and a jacket with it too. I would still rock her whole outfit in that. So uh, I guess everyone needs to know that about me. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're coming back around. Oh, it never left my closet. Eggs, yeah. I fair. just don't fit them right now. It's fine. <laughs> fair. <laughs> the tights are fine. They're all stretchy. So what uh, what will you be rating this episode? Well, what is our, our thing that we're rating them of? Hmm. I'm going to give this. I wasn't asking you for the number first. I was asking what our thing was, but because I got my number picked. Um, <laughs> family reunions. Okay. Well, I give this five out of five family reunions. I give this five out of five family reunions. Oh my gosh. This is, I think this is only our second. This is our second five out of five of this season. It's, it's a great episode. It's, it's a great episode of television. Um, everyone's performance is on point even the stuff i don't like about this episode doesn't overstay its welcome yeah it's it's like we you know we we joked a whole lot about how we don't like the cora regina storyline in this one but it was so brief that i almost forgot it happened oh and we also have a reasonable explanation for rumpelstiltskin's rumpelstiltskin-ness is that he's crazy between the time periods Mm-hmm. He's crazy because he has sight now, and it drives him a little batty. Yeah, because we 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 had talked about it. I was like, when did he? When does he make the transition here? Yes. It's after this episode. Well, yes. after what happened in the past in this episode, and they kind of established that a pretty clear timeline yeah. of when he got this this power. You know, it's a while after Neil is gone. He has not taken on a magical apprentice yet. That's not referenced, but we will be seeing that in about uh, two episodes. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, And the next one is another, next one is a big episode, so. I'm looking forward to doing it sometime this year. (sighs) (laughs) Sorry. Fair. No, I just heard that. Okay. But I think that's all I have. I, th- I think that's it for me, too. I'm so happy to be back and doing this with you. Me, too. And uh, let's keep it up and try to get as many as we can done before next year. Uh, let's try to get as many as we can done so we can build up a, a a clear way for our audience to find us. Because as I as we are recording this, t- Twitter is combusting. Yeah, we will probably not continue uh, Twitter as our main source of communication with y'all uh just for the record uh mads and i are toying with the idea of discord yeah um because while i am on facebook mads has sworn off the stuff so i don't want stuff tied to like yeah i don't like facebook yeah. let's uh, do linkedin everyone follow us on LinkedIn. <laughs> oh please don't god and i don't i have i can't 
you know, I would say, oh, we can do Instagram, but I can't, I literally can't add another account to Instagram and I can't delete one either. It's stupid. It's, so, uh, so we're looking at discord, uh, yeah. cause I, I never tumbled. So it's not like I can return there. <laughs> Tumblr is great. I love Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr is not good for promoting things. I had, I had a live journal, so I don't. <laughs> you can find our Zanga. At- <laughs> I did find my live journal the other day, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, If you want to get in touch with me directly, my ICQ number is... (laughs) Oh my god, I had that too. (laughs) (laughs) On AIM, I... (laughs) (laughs) You can email me mads at hotmail.com. Oh no. So this has been story broke. (laughs) Miserably ever after. This has been Storybrooke, Miserably Ever After, a Your Pretty Friend production. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us almost anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded. You can also follow us on Twitter at StorybrokePod. This episode has been made possible thanks to the love and support of our spouses and listeners like you. Thank you.